Hello and welcome to the North America Gaelic Football Podcast, the home of Gaelic football here in North America. I am your host, Gareth McElindon, along with Limerick's finest, our co-host, Connor Green. Uh, but before we do get started, uh, just a quick shout out to our sponsor, Masita, uh, who has been the official sponsor of the USGS since 2017. For anybody who doesn't know who Masita is, they're one of Ireland's leading manufacturers of sport kit, sports kits and teamware. They are a 100% Irish-owned family business who are passionate and dedicated in supplying their customers with quality gear and top-class service. So if your club is interested in learning more about Masita, uh, feel free to give us a shout. We're happy to get you in contact with the right person uh, for your club's needs on the upcoming season. No entrance needed for this lad, huh? So the one and only Daniel, the Irish Yank McKenna. What is the crack with you? What is the story, lads? Thanks for having me. Um, there is no crack today now. We're, we're keeping her between the ditches, as we'd say. But um, that was a great intro. Uh, you spoke very well there, so nice job. Appreciate it. Is that, is, uh, is that the cops on the back? I uh, just heard the sirens. Uh, oh, that's the New York. That's the, that is the sound of New York City. So it is. It's, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's like a nice ambient background noise to have, you know? Love it. <laughs> Love it. It's like white noise at some point, huh? It is. It is whenever I go home, uh, you know, whether it's Christmas or any time during the year, and you're, you're trying to go to sleep, and it's just dead silence. It's like I, I'm like, can I get somebody roaring at somebody? Can I get like a siren or a fire truck? Somebody drive by. <laughs> well, it sounds, like uh, sounds like a UPS truck. Sounds like a UPS truck back and reversing there. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm so used to it now. That's like I can fall asleep to that. No, no problem. So new to the silence is harder. Well, for anybody who's been maybe living under a bush for the last, uh, you know, four or five years, let's give a little introduction to who Daniel McKenna is. Walk us through a little bit of your journey, you know, through football, through life, you know, where you came from, and we'll start with there. Uh, I suppose, how long have we got? I'm only joking. Um, my, I, Daniel McKenna, obviously, uh, is my name, but everybody, most people know me as Yankee, um, or the Irish Yankee over here. Um, I'm in New York City, and I'm just entered entered my seventh year here, which is wild to think about because I said I was only going to come over here for a year, and seven years later we're still here. But um, it's going well. I uh, used to be an electrician, so was, and then I transitioned uh, to fitness twenty eighteen into twenty nineteen. So um, about four or five years now into into the fitness journey, and it's it's going very well. Wouldn't change it for the world. Um, I'm from County Monaghan, uh, Gail through Gail Thrua, as we'd say, um, most northern club in Monaghan, and we're very proud of that. Um, on the border with Tyrone, so we'd uh, we'd um, play plenty of challenge matches with the with the northerners up there, like yourself. We wouldn't have played too many too many uh, Limerick teams, Connor. So uh, you're better off, I'd say. I know, right? <laughs> But uh, yeah, so played football all growing up. I couldn't really miss because my mum was a PE teacher. So I played every sport possible um, uh, and nearly played. I think I played four sports in one week when I was 16. And she was like, you kind of have to pick one. So we, we kind of went with Gaelic football for the, for the main one. So played played away and, and that's where I suppose met you. Was I played in Boston back in 2012, which is, which is a while ago now. So um and uh, you you played a bit I, uh, with uh, you played a bit for the county, Daniel. Did you? Yes, yeah, I did. I was very lucky. I played with a lot of good players there growing up, and had a few years of 
three or four years with uh, county minors, three or four years on the 21s, and then I had a couple, three or four years with the seniors, county seniors, before I came stateside as well. Um, so, yeah, I played played all most most all those levels and, and that. So, yeah, um, I suppose just in the last, to answer your question about the, the last couple of years, transitioned to fitness, as I said, um, personal trainer here in Manhattan in New York City, um, taught classes as well. Obviously, when the, the beautiful pandemic happened a couple of years ago, uh, turned, everybody went virtual trainer within 24 hours. So I was doing online, end up taking it outside, teaching kettlebell classes out in the park here beside my house, uh, beside my apartment. And then um, got picked up by a big company there uh, for, for, for two years there. Um, and uh, worked with them for a while and then left them last year and now I'm back out on my own. And uh, yeah, it's going well. We're, we're, we're working hard, keeping the head down. Hard. Hey, you're doing a good bit of touring around Yankee, are you? Trying to, trying my best. Yeah, now, yeah. so this year... I kicked off, um, I call them the strength summits. So that's what they call where I have about between 20 and 30 people come to, uh, for a two day event, two day strength summit, two day workshop kind of thing. Um, we started with New York city here in February. I'm proud to say that we have seven cities starting with seven, seven more cities over this year in 2023. We have Philly, Boston, North Carolina, Chicago, and then we even have, two in Canada, in Vancouver and Toronto. Um, so I'm very, very excited. Um, at the intro, you said the Irish Yank, and I, that is that is where most people know me as, uh, I suppose, once you have that on your Instagram name, that's where most people most people go uh, call you by. But I'm lucky enough to have that bit of a following now in this community that I'm trying to build is, is, is Irish Yanks, who are people who actually are Irish like myself, or American born with Irish parents, or have some sort of connection with Ireland, which I'm sure you know from living over here that everybody's Irish, um, or everybody has some part of Irish in them. So oh, every everybody loves St. Paddy's Day. Everybody loves St. Paddy's Day. We it just passed us there last week, and Patty, everybody no. in the world. Yeah. Uh, oh no, double double D's, no no T's, and that now. Come on, come on now. Uh, Funny, Paddy's I actually Day. sent out. I sent out, and I I blasted like so. I work in retail banking. And everybody was sharing their St. Paddy's decoration. And I had to send, uh, now we have a 1,500 employees. I had to send out to everybody and I was like, now listen, the next person to put P-A-T-T-Y is getting, uh, is getting a phone call right off. And yeah. I might actually come and drive. <laughs> so, no, it has so to be I, said we, every year. Every year. Same conversation. Remember, lads, P-A-D-D-Y. You know, I can't, yeah, I can't stress this there. enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly i i do have to tell them every year i made a funny video um the week before patty's day just saying you know like this it's patty's patty's day same patty's day and uh, it obviously went very well but then i have one or two very funny sarcastic american friends who text me just saying oh it's happy st patty's day you know just oh, yeah. just to wind me up you know <laughs> so, but no it is it, it, it was uh it's it's a great community over here um the Irish who like us living over here, but the, the community of Irish Americans over here is definitely it's, 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 it's grown by the day and great community to have. And I'm just trying to, as, as best I can through the, through the fitness scene and through the fitness world, um, bring, bring the community together and make it as big as possible and help as many people as I possibly can now with this platform that I have. So that's kind of, that is the main, one of the main goals for, for myself. Yeah. 
we'll just touch base. Yeah. Uh, we'll touch base in a little bit more in the classes uh, a little later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're working with these lads and girls as well, you know, when they say, you know, oh, what do you do at the weekend? Oh, I play a bit of Gaelic football. How does that conversation? Because a lot of these people has probably never heard of Gaelic football before. So one of our staple questions on this show is, you know, if you are bumping into an American in the street and you're trying to explain Gaelic football, how do you even how do you even start? It, <laughs> it is that that is a great question, and it is one that we do get a lot. The way I answer it is, if they're like, "What's Gaelic football?" I'm like, "It's a mix between soccer and rugby." And then you can sprinkle in a bit of murder ball there as well because it's very it can get very intense. Uh, but that's usually the way I would explain it, in the shortest possible answer to that. I love it. I love it. So obviously you've been uh, you've been around the around the block with Gaelic football a lot of years and um, a lot of years playing with Monaghan uh, back in 2012 when I met you here in Boston. Um, now what would you say would probably be your biggest achievement in Gaelic football? Um, and that could be both. That could be here in Ireland, or that could be here as well. That uh, that's a great question. Um, let me see. There's been I've been very very lucky that I've played on a number of very good teams with a number of very good footballers throughout. From minor on the twenty one, I've played in a few different colleges because I was an electrician, as I mentioned before, and when I was doing the apprenticeship, I played with both Sligo under Martin McHugh, with all the McHugh brothers, and, and then I was with Dundalk, who we won our first trench cup with under Ushi McConville. Played a lot of good quality footballers there, and by from all around the country. Um, so I suppose that, that I, I, I do have an answer for you, it's with the club, but one of the highlights that I would say would be winning the trench cup with, with Dundalk IT, um, getting man of the match in the final and that was great and like uh, kind of just helping Dundalk but get that get that trophy was, was great The probably the proudest achievement I would say in my career would be winning the club All-Ireland Intermediate Club All-Ireland for my club back in 2014 uh, in Crow Park that was like I still remember the whole thing and, and we still talk about it to this day um that was a phenomenal game, phenomenal year the whole way up. Uh, and winning in Crow Park from being down by eight points to winning by nine points, like it was just a, the game was amazing the whole way through. But yeah, winning, winning with your, you know yourself, winning with your club is something special, especially when you play with the lads the whole way up. And I'd say the average age, age of our team that year was like 23, 24. When you, when you, when you average it out, because we had a lot of like 20 year olds and 21. I'd literally turned 22 six days before the final so um that's probably the proudest achievement yeah i was winning winning a club all ireland i'd say it'd be some session after that well we thank for a week it was <laughs> it was, it no was unbelievable no sugar no coating. sugar coating. i'm not going yeah. to too much detail now but like the crack <laughs> that was had for a week straight was unbelievable the store obviously we have great stories about the day and the football match but like the stories for the week after were unreal those are the those are the, the most memorable moments you know yeah. that's yeah, those the celebration really that feeling of you know but it, yeah. you know and connor you could probably relate to it as well at home and you know probably a lot of the american lads probably wouldn't get uh, this in the same way but at home it's your club is your parish 
you know so when you win a tournament it's not just for you it's you know it's for the teachers and they like if the whole town come together as a community yeah. and it's almost like the place goes into lockdown you know and it's just there was ones had a higher security to drive around the parish that day because the entire like bus loads of the parish were up in crow park like so who <laughs> security had to like drive around the roads make sure because like literally nobody's home nobody's home so it's almost like when shane laurie won the british open and oh. they locked down awfully for about three three days that's right, that's right. <laughs> so Absolutely. our very own jimmy egan if he's listening he'll be a, he's a good awfully man uh he would know more about that um probably one of the towns there where it was probably one pub a couple of shops and the place was just packed so uh but yeah it's kind of unique when you do win something like that with your club it is it's such a you know it's such a moment not just for the players but it's the families it's the friends it's the parish as a whole so you know i'm sure again winning it fantastic but for everybody that week after i'm sure it was Ah, a phenomenal phenomenal achievement uh, experience for everybody great time was had by all i will say that yeah Oh yeah. Uh, so you obviously played in Boston for a while. Now you're playing in New York. What are the main differences now for someone who doesn't know between New York and the USGA? Um, I would say also, I, I do have to mention, I played with uh, the Wolf Tones in Chicago uh, in 2016 before I came to New York. So I, I've been, in, I've been to the three cities, Boston in 2012 with the McAnaspies. Uh, one of the, that was one of the best summers I've ever had. I was unbelievable. Um, and then I was in, well, in Chicago in 2016, played with Wolf Tones, another unbelievable summer. And again, I'd only went out for six weeks, <laughs> ended up staying for six months. So, uh, I, I was loving it. I didn't want to go home, just didn't want to go home. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, and then I, I ended up, went home for Christmas and instead of coming back to Chicago, I came to New York and I'm here ever since. Um, so I've, I think I have a good enough experience with three cities and, and that, but the, if I was to name differences between those three, well, the biggest one is obviously New York has an AstroTurf field compared to grass field in both, uh, Boston and Chicago, uh, Chicago or uh, Boston 13 aside, Jared, am I right saying that? Uh, whereas yeah. New York has, has 15. The I think it's pretty similar on like the the amount of teams that are in the league and the championship and, and the way it works. Uh, obviously, yeah. New York is its own club or, or own competition with you know the Irish team coming out from from Ireland for the start of the championship, whereas Boston, Chicago go to the North American and stuff like that. But yeah. those would be the biggest uh, differences, I would say. How do you find thirteen aside versus fifteen aside now? Well, personally, I loved it because I was an inside forward and the, um, the amount of room that you had in front of you, that's pretty much how we won the All-Ireland that time with the club was just kick the ball in. We had two men inside, just kick the ball in anywhere, just put it on the outside, away we go. Um, so I, I didn't mind it. I loved it. And obviously, the good weather, you know, solid or, you know, dry field, plenty of room. So I personally loved it. I didn't mind it at all. Might be a wee bit more different now, but uh... you might have seen um, there was an article on the internet there. Uh, Cross McGlynn were actually vouching for thirteen aside football that it could save the attacking principles. Uh, def- there's definitely something to it, like you know, it's it's much it's much harder to be 
that defensive when you when you can't totally clog it up, like isn't it? You know, there is absolutely that bit more like space. those. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not against it. I wouldn't say like I've. You know, we played Donegal plenty of time, and there's you know types of there's player there's teams cross country that completely took on that role, and you know the the corner forwards spent more time in the half back line, and the half backs were scoring more than the forwards. You know, so it's. It did kind of do a bit of reversal. I'm not against it. You know, the, we could try the try the thirteen aside as well. Yeah, absolutely. And not against it. And I feel like you know, Cross McGlen is a team that and a club that have so much reputation. And people, when they talk, they kind of listen. You know, so you know, yeah. I think it a cornerback may a cornerback may disagree with this philosophy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, they had a handy there for a couple of years. Were, you know, let's. Mm. Let's let's give a, let's give a bit more advantage back to that old corner forward. Let's get the you know the, the you know the art of you know Peter Canavan and Colin Cooper and them boys. Like you know it's you know you don't see it as much now. It is it's it, the game obviously has changed and evolved slightly um, over the last couple of years. So, aye, it could yeah. be it could be could be good or could be bad. But only one way to find out. I and, love uh, I love the thirteen aside. And you actually brought up a good point there, where you've got the, actually the half backs are more in play as well. You're starting to see now kind of the, like, you know, Armagh with their goalkeeper, you know, out flying around there and cornerbacks up in the full forward line. And, you know, you're, you are starting to see that adoption of more attacking football, which is great to see, you know, for years, yeah. a couple for a couple of years there, it got very defensive, which, you know, really, I, in my opinion, hurt the game, you know, that blanket defense. Uh, but now you're starting to see that real attacking, which you know I think it only helps the game as far as a, yeah. as a spectator. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. And I suppose the, the even just a point on the goalies, like you've seen the the the, the difference in the in the evolve of the goalkeeper, where you have the likes of Rory Began there and Monaghan and Niall Morgan in, in Tyrone, like you know spend more time nearly out the field than in the goals, you know, but. Their kick is so good. Where like I've literally seen Rory Baggin kick it to the far sixty-five. Like he, the, the man is the long, one of the best kickouts I've ever seen. Um, and Niall Morgan as well. Like I played against him in 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 the McGrory back when we were in in, in school. Uh, and like he scored a forty-five from the forty-five on the sideline. If that makes sense. Like, like just stood up, just pop, and then just jog jog back up the field. We were just looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> There was a there was where... a clip there was a clip there this year uh, for a man I scored straight off the they scored a point straight from the kickout goalie booted it out to about the forty five your man uh, full forward went up caught it took a mark booted over the bar that was in yeah. our TikTok I think it got like eighty thousand views or something I yeah hundred thousand uh, that's that's but there's a prime example and that's you know the addition of the mark like if you if you have a big big forwarding pluck the ball like and Roy Began can kick the ball half the field that should be a legitimate plan whether it's a plan yeah. a b or c have it the fact that you have it in the in the in the bank there is, is a great thing so would you, you, know, would you say you like the you like the you like the mark Ruth. I, I don't mind it yeah I think it's I think it is good where you're you're inviting the kick in where yeah if you can get the, if you have a good pass or the ball and a good forward inside you're you're inviting scores he does so much less work you just have to you know obviously make make the kick make sure it's good but yeah if, if your man's catching inside the d there that's that scores all day so yeah i it's i love addition. the i love the mark off the you know when a in in between the four midfielders and a, somebody goes up and lifts that ball like yeah, it's it's just a fantastic skill yeah yeah, yeah. 
yeah. inside oh, though inside i feel like it slows down the game you know where yeah. it takes away that you know there is an element of skill inside forward where you get the ball and you've got maybe one or two cornerbacks on you and you still have to put that ball over the bar i think you know it's it almost slows down that element of the game yeah. where you know again all love the idea of like you know up and feeling the ball to midfielders and catching that ball it's i mean what a skill but yeah. on the inside, you know, I can see the argument where if somebody was like, take it out from the inside of the 45. Uh, Yankee, you might agree. You're just smiling there because it's like, he is the inside forward. <laughs> he wants the easy I, I was like, <laughs> uh, you, you're, you're talking with two men on you and you're having to roast them and kick it over the bar from, you know, from the 45 again, the wind with long grass and the, in the rain. I, that, that's, we had to do, I've had to do that in my lifetime, you know, so I that's, think- well used to it. Uh, and that's, yeah, I, I agree with, with you. Uh, I do agree that it might slow down a bit. But. With the t- with the attacking mark, it's like when when it's used the way it's supposed to, kind of, you know, it it looks great. But then you see every now and again there, you know, what's the rule? It has to tra- the ball has to travel twenty meters, but it can be diagonal. You know, you see every now and again they'll drill a pass. It might only barely make twenty meters, but they're yeah, giving it to them. You know, and I do think it's it just looks a bit it looks a bit harmless sometimes, doesn't it? You know, yeah. Yeah, there is like, a, it's kind of like a gray area. Was that 20 meters? Was it not? Was it, you know, like it is. Yeah, but I, but, uh, I it's, it's, it's a good enough addition and it can be used in the right way. Um, But we'll, we'll see as, as this, as the year goes on, I suppose. Yeah, that's the thing about GA players, isn't it? You know, any little, uh, any little rule there, they'll, they'll exploit it to, to the absolute max, like, aren't they? You know, I suppose it's the same in all sports, yeah. really. But uh, uh, just to get, just to get back on New York versus USGA. Like a big talking point in the USGA is like American-born players. You know, you might you might have seen um, they're entering a new American-born team for the Junior All Ireland for 2024. They're going to have a trial in Chicago this year, um, and it's it, there's there's they're bringing in more and more new rules where you have to have a certain number of American-born players on the field. Is there any rules like that in New York? Yeah, I think there's there. Um, I suppose just on the on the American home or American-born. Whenever I obviously I was in in Boston in 2012, Gary, you didn't agree with me. Was, like there wasn't that many players. Like even let's say with an American accent, when you go up to them and they're like you know calling out the players' names or telling you what to do on the field with an American accent, there's a lot more of of the American-born players playing now in today's game. Even over the last uh, four or five years, me playing here in New York. And the likes of Tierney Mahers and that coming up now, who there there are very good players playing Gaelic football who are American born, with the Irish parents, um, and it definitely has been an, an influx. And and it's probably it's hey that's a, as as good a reason as any to to get that that team into the junior championship. Like the there is plenty of players that are coming up now, and they're coming up that age now. I suppose like. Before there might have been only a couple of players around the eighteen to twenty year old. Now you're getting a a a solid amount of players who are like twenty five years of age and have been playing it for 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 ten years at least. So or if not more, so it's there's there's a definitely a massive influx this last couple of years of American born players playing Gaelic football. Yeah, and uh, how is the women's football, the ladies' football scene in in New York? Is there a bit of growth in that too? Massive. So I had a good conversation with Amy Brett there. Shout out Amy Brett. Um, she is a mastermind of one, one of the masterminds behind most of the ladies' game football here in New York City. Uh, works like a Trojan, so she does. But um, 
shy to to quote her they have over i think there's over a thousand ladies um you know registered there's like so many ladies footballers that uh that are playing here in 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 new york and that um the on her the O'Donovan ross's team like they have nearly 60 players uh on their team alone so they like they have two teams playing in, in the in the league so the ladies football is is definitely booming here in in new york and i think it is the same uh for most of most of the cities uh as the, even just like fitness in general the the ladies they really do the they work hard and look after themselves and they, no no difference with the gaelic with the gaelic footballers here um and they they're they're serious crack too like they they love the gaelic football just as much for the crack never mind actually playing it but there is a massive influx of of ladies playing here in the city and and it's great to see it's great to see yeah yeah we've got three uh three or four new teams there in the new in the northeast this year you know when there was only maybe three or four to begin with you know so it's great to see uh, yeah it's great yeah, to see a bit of growth five there or five or six for senior and intermediate here or, or senior and junior um i think they, they play together in in the league and then they split for the championship um but they're they're yeah that's it's definitely on the rise and it's great to see yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, the more teams, the better, you know, and I yeah. uh, we had a conversation with uh, Bernie Connickton, and he was saying, it seems like the ladies pick it up a little quicker than the men, uh, you know, so, and it's a lot, you know, I know Camogie, uh, you know, you obviously have that element of skill with like almost like field hockey, but football is that is almost like an easier sport to pick up. And it's, it's getting back to that. It's commu- that community aspect, right? So yeah. it's getting, it's, you know, one of, uh, one of the boys we talked to not long ago, it's 25, what is it? 25% football, 75% crack, you know, and that's, that's really what a, it that's is. A, that's like, a pretty much good statistic. <laughs> yeah. It's, and that's really what it is. And, you know, it's not just for the lads, like the girls love it too. And if you've, if you've got, you know, a young couple who are both athletic and it's like, well, you know, there's somebody there, there's, there's something there for both of us to do. And like, you're yeah. two people, a couple going in there to a community and it's like your extended family. There's, yeah. there's, there's nothing like the Gaelic football community in my, they're probably the closest thing that comes with is the rugby community, uh, which I know they do all like the away games and stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Gaelic football is, you know, it's a hell of a, the, sorry, the GAA as a whole is a phenomenal yeah. community uh, to be I, a part I, of. And uh, just yeah, on 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 the crack part of it, like I guarantee you, if you asked, especially in New York, if you asked like uh, who who go, who goes harder, nearly the, the all the fellas would say that the girls go like they are bananas once they get going. Like so, they they do train hard. I will say that they play hard, but like they do love a good session after it, and they are bananas. So, and if anybody disagrees with me, you're, you're lying. <laughs> They're all mental. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I mean, even look, look at the J1ers that come out for the summer. You know, yeah. the girls that come out are just yeah. absolutely. I used to work in the bar, and the girls used to come out and be brilliant cracker. You yeah. know, so oh, they are. They oh, are. I, I can, is... I, I can, I can definitely see how you, you know the girls definitely go harder. And I know uh, that's something we're talking about. Myself and Connor, we're we're part of uh, now. Myself and him started the football team with the Worcester Fenians, and you know that's something we're going to be looking into. Uh, in the near future, for maybe getting the ladies' team involved, because you know something for everybody. You know, right now we have Absolutely. the New England uh, Fenians, the Camogie team, who is not Worcester, but they're like the New England region. 
but I think uh, I think a ladies football team would definitely add to the the culture of the club yes, and absolutely. you know getting more people and yeah. and I'm sorry if you do co-ed sessions you're going to see a lot more lads going down to the M training. Oh, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The effort will be going yeah. through the roof there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I might, oh, I might yeah. start running laps around people myself. I know, yeah. Yeah, the influx, influx of, of people will be packed. packed house. What, what was that, six laps? No, two. Uh, no, six. No, six. Uh, <laughs> so I guess a good, good time to kind of move on to... Uh, how you kind of balance this? So, I mean, you guys are training a couple nights a week. So, how do you balance that with your, you know, with your current position right now uh, as a trainer? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough enough. Like, it is a very demanding sport over here. I will say, it, obviously, playing on the AstroTurf compared to the grass, it's a bit more unforgiving. It does take a toll on the body overall. But um, spoke, I suppose, for myself. I'm a personal trainer here in the city. Um, absolutely love my job, love what I do. I'm very lucky to be in the position I am. I'm in. Uh, so I try. I'm trying my best to look after my body. Um, whether it's it's uh, getting it, obviously in the gym pretty much every day, getting the recovery work done or rehab work done, or getting the the work in that can help me then train the the, the next night or the day after. Um, and yeah, it's it's yeah we train maybe three, two, three times a week, whether it's Tuesday, Thursdays, and then a, a day on the weekend. So obviously it's a big, big game. It's the main season, main time of the season. So everyone kind of, you know, uh, is tailored around the training and, and, and the football matches. So that's, that's the main focus at the minute, but it's, it is, it's, I've worked both construction and the uh, person training jobs while playing football. And, I would prefer where I am now, being fit to get in the gym and recover instead of having to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go into a building site carrying a bag of tools. Uh, I definitely would would prefer this career compared to the last career. Um, so that's definitely a plus. But it's definitely yeah, the the, the playing the Gaelic over here is it's it's uh, it takes a lot out of you, but it's it you know obviously when we win on April eighth, it'll be well rewarded. So. Uh, just on for, like as far as training and Gaelic football, you know, walk us through, if you can, a little, you know, typical week, you know, what, what, what a typical week looks like for you as far as like, you know, what are you training? Like, you know, is there certain parts of the body? Is there certain, you know, weights versus aerobic? Uh, and, you know, before games as well, how, how does that typical week look like? Typical week for me, um, I have a couple of clients who I train two, two, three, two, three times a week in the middle of the day. So I have a lot of meetings and stuff and emails and stuff in the morning. Obviously you have to look, look after the dog. He, he's my alarm clock, gets me up every day at seven o'clock, nearly on the button, if not before it. So yeah, uh, taking him out, working on, on, on my, you know, my brand, my companies and stuff in the morning with emails and getting Evan ready for my upcoming strength summits, then into the gym and either I, Probably I'd mostly train my clients and then take the time after to get my own gym work in, whether if it's, you know, a bit of rehab or prehab or getting a bit of legs work done, helping out the groins, the hamstrings and the glutes. And if it's the day after training, it'll be just trying to loosen up and get the blood flowing again. If it's getting the day before training, it's just that bit of prep work. Um, Not too, too massively heavy um, at the minute. You know, obviously we're coming close to the game, so non-massively heavy but 
more like maybe higher intensity stuff and getting the body moving when I can. And um, then training two, three times a week. And uh, yeah, trying to get recovery into there's, there's a, you know, if I can get in the plunge pool or, or the sauna as well, um, is a great, is a great help. And then just trying to, I do think, you know, as I'm getting a bit older now, I think the biggest thing, and this is what I would tell most of my clients is like sleep. My main priority that I try to focus on and try my best to get better at is, is sleep and the quality of sleep and the food that I'm, I'm, I'm eating and drinking. So that is, that's kind of my main goal. But yeah, the week is, is especially now with two, three, two, three weeks away from the game, it kind of revolves around uh, getting into the gym and, and, and preparing for the training session that's coming. Connor, Connor has the, the athlete down. Five pints right? again, it's a night, the old Peter Canavan way straight into the plunge pool. <laughs> yeah. I actually went into it there. Uh, I went into it there recently. Sure, I had I had drank a heap of a heap of Guinnesses there. Um, yeah, it was, it was nice. It was nice actually. I barely felt the cold. I'd say I went in there longer longer than I ever would. Next day, all you need now is to have a pint of Guinness while you're in there and you're laughing. Trying to <laughs> yeah, stay in yeah. there. You're getting you're getting recovery while you're drinking them. That's the goal. Control my breathing. Control my breathing to the point that I can have a relaxing point of Guinness in the ice bath, you know? That's right. That's, that's the goal. And then goes out the next day and kicks six points. <laughs> At least. At least one six. Yeah. The old uh, yeah. the old Peter Peter Canavan philosophy. Absolutely. Six pints of Guinness the night before a game, go out and score six six points. So Oh I and, uh, I used I used to work for, for Jack McCarville. Uh, I was a barman at home for five years. And uh, Jack you know, he's one of the most prestigious players that put on a morning jersey, has, you know, also championships and won loads of stuff at Scotch Town. And, you know, Jack's hard as nails and he was known to be hard as nails in the field. Like, and, you know, he'd tell you, you know, pint of Guinness not do you no harm. Like, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, Connor. Hard to be <laughs> a good pint of Guinness. Um, well, we're not encouraging uh, it. Yeah, drink responsibly. <laughs> no drink before a championship game lads no drink if you're um, if you're only as drinking a, as a trainer no what's your thoughts on like Gaelic football and the gym you know you know the way you hear some older fellas talk about oh you know don't 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 let it slow you down and all this um, do you think it's something that's essential for a young player coming up to get in the gym Start lifting once, I, I do, I do, I do. It's you know, I and try not to go over complicated, but it is kind of it, it. It comes down to what's what's the goal, like what specifically, as specific as we can, like what is the goal. You know, if it's a team wide thing, and you're like, right, well, if you're underage players, like you know, you, you're obviously not going to have them doing loads and loads and loads of weights, but you need to build a foundation that they can over a couple of years into minor under twenty one up into senior that they have been putting in the work kind of thing. And um, I do think that, you you know, in the in the off-season or pre-season or whatever, you, that time can be taken to, you know, if, you, if there's players who are a wee bit on the lighter side, all right, you need to start eating more. You know, you need to get in there and, yeah, get the reps in, get the sets in. Whereas if it's somebody who maybe is more on the heavier side, needs to lose more weight, that's a slightly different program than you would give the boy who's trying to gain weight, obviously. But... I think that the foundational movements, whether it's pull-ups and push-ups and and even core strength, that can forever be be uh, be be worked on. I remember when I was younger, I, I had a pull-up bar in the house, and 
me every day push-ups pull-ups and sit-ups now i was lucky again i had a, i had a great um people over me and coaches over me whether it was with my un, underage and club i had with jordanstown when i was in college and then uh dundalk the whole way up through the county county minors on 21 like we had we had a, had a great people around me and was very lucky at that age group so they were always pushing you on to do better and do more so um and i would have been very driven obviously with mum as a PE teacher to be in the gym myself and trying to lead the team and i was lucky enough to be captain of a couple of teams when i was growing up and stuff like that so i do think it, it i think it is important and it definitely even builds a bit of camaraderie to the team as well knowing that they're pushing each other on in the gym as well as outside the gym and it transfers in onto the field as well but I do think there's maybe more different times of the year, pre-season. You know yourself, January, February, you don't want to be outside slogging up and down a field. So those would be the times to be putting the work in the gym. And then when you get out to the field, that's when you start the running and getting the cardio stuff on. And, and definitely coming in the summer and the, the better days, you know, as, as simple as, what is it? If you want to get better at playing football, you got to play football. So um, getting getting out, getting the balls, kicking, kicking freeze, kicking kickouts, you know, getting the runs in. So definitely I think it, to answer your question, it caters to a different type of person. What's the goal? Different time of year, different age groups, you know. But yeah, I think it. I think especially now, and the final point I'll make on this, my 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 good friend Brian McQuaid, he lives in Vancouver now. He sent me a picture of uh, McGro- uh, McGrory. It was a, a, the 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 referee with two players on the side of him. It was pre-game, you know, just photo whatever. And this is the McGrory age, the last year. And the two players were absolute animals, ripped to bits, just monsters. And we're looking at that photo like, like that's not what we looked like when we were that age, like, you know, 17, 18, like these boys are just brick shit houses. And we're like, that's, you know, the difference even now compared to when we were growing up, there is, I do think there's even a lot more people in the gym and putting it, you know, putting in that work. And I suppose maybe social media might have a bit more, of an impact with that part of it too but uh i do think it's important and and that's supposed to be where i'm looking to come in and, and help as many people as i can in the in in the communities and the aspect and the following that i have now so i do think it's important Connor, yeah. and uh do you have any plans to uh do you know are, are new york doing the same kind of a setup as last year where they they went out and played talton cup would you have any plans in uh joining them to a trip to ireland potentially there. Uh, you're the first person to ask me that now. Not gonna mm-hmm. lie, I um, it has you know, not against it. I, you know, obviously, have a lot going on with the career and 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 the work and stuff like that. But it's right here, it's a wee trip home, isn't it? Um, yeah. So we're you know we we'll have to wait and see. I'm not not uh, I can't even answer that question because I don't know. But not against it. So I'd say it's a good time kind of move on to kind of the next segment here. We want to talk about, you know, what's what's the future hold for you? Uh, you know, we can touch a little bit about, you know, the work as well. But as far as Gaelic football going forward, where do you see yourself? You know, what's, you know, do you see yourself playing in the short term and versus like maybe getting into coaching? You know, what's the future in Gaelic football for you? These are great questions. Um it is a very, I suppose, a, you know, multi, multi-sided answer and question. I suppose, like, I'm obviously back playing now. I, I was out for two years there. I, two, I had a two-year sabbatical, you could say, 
um because with my previous employer there but i i'm back now and i i didn't i thought my boots were hung up to be honest you know and i thought that was kind of it and obviously back never say never i suppose is a good way of answering it but i um i definitely think i'll be in coaching at some stage or some point i don't know if it's going to be this year next year or five years or whatever i do think again growing up with me with my mum well my mum um who is a coach and has been coaching from from since 96 and is still doing it um and growing up around that and i suppose now leading these classes in the city and this community and that i do think it's kind of in the blood nearly and you either have it or you don't have it kind of thing too but i think i'll definitely play another bit and whether i'm playing and coaching or if i transition into coaching i definitely think it's on it's on the cards and i feel like i have a lot that i can that i can offer and give back to to younger players and you know, I'd like to provide as much guidance as I could and, and help as many people as I can. So I think to answer your question is it's probably yes to both, just depending on, on wh- where and how it happens. I think, you know, as you guys know from being over here, it, like your career and your job is such a big importance. And and I take it very seriously, my job over here, and, and it ha- it's a lot on me and it's re- what I really want to make of it. So at the minute, like my career and my work is, is, is main thing. So I'm trying to really make as much of that and make it as, as as best opportunity as I can. So maybe when I get a bit more of a stable foundation and, and I'm kind of set and I know what I'm doing, then I can I let a lot more time to, to maybe coaching and, and take, you know, I don't know if I'd have a full, uh, time on my schedule to take over a team completely, but whether it's coming in here and there and, uh, taking a couple of sessions when I can, and whether it's on the weekends or giving as much input as I can with the time I have, I I think it's it's definitely possible now. What do you think, Connor? Should we give him a transfer to the Worcester Fenians? Yeah, always <laughs> always welcome. Yeah. Play under Garrett's yeah, I mean, management. That drive, that drives that drives not too bad, right? I was, oh, Sorry, we'll we'll let you skip training. Just come out for the games. We won't we won't nah, give you worry. travel expenses, but we might buy you you know some mozzarella sticks, maybe Pints. a few Guinnesses here and there. Pints of pay me, pints of start. <laughs> we'll we'll oh, talk about So yeah, do you want to touch base on just a little bit more about the summit? So I know you've got a couple of them coming up. I know uh, I know Jerry Foley will be excited to see you uh, in your return to Boston down at JJ Foley's. Um, but yeah, do you want to touch base a little bit about that? I suppose, yeah. The um, I um, it kind of came about very organically, which I'm very happy about, and and I can't stress that the highly enough that, that how amazing this community over here is, and and we call them the Irish Yanks, and I I take I take it very I do take it very seriously, and I am very proud of of what I've managed to build and, and the community that I have follow me and and the people that are a part of it and, and how they act and how they talk and how they think. And I suppose not to get into it too much, but, you know, through the fitness classes that I used to teach online and stuff, the teachings and the sayings, and this is, this is how I know how beneficial Gaelic football is and how amazing growing up in Ireland and having the great coaches when you're younger. The sayings, the sayings that I learned from Ma- Marty Brainy was his name. He was probably, he, if I had to pick one coach who was the best coach I've ever had is Martin Brainy. 
and had him from under under 14s to 15s and under 16s. Um, and he had a, such an impact in my life when I was younger that the sayings and stuff that he taught me, I would say it in my classes and that transitioned to these this community. And now they're even the mums and, and, and parents and dads who are, are taking my classes and taking what I'm saying, they're teaching their kids that. And the way in which they go about their daily lives and, and taking the, the workouts and how they talk to themselves mentally and how they look after themselves and how they're, they're showing them that they're stronger than they realize and not quitting early. Like I remember we were doing a run uh, on, it was like on a Saturday morning and we were doing the, the shuttle runs and you know you had 10 of them in and you had another five to do and you're just bollocks but he was like and never forget it, he's like if you quit early once that's going to become a habit and from from 15 years old never forget it, and I still to this day that stands with me so and I now I have people who 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 the part of the Irish Yanks and that that's one of their models where like they don't want to quit early in a workout because that shit becomes a habit and that transitions into your daily life. So all of that to say that organic um, growing has transitioned now into what I call the, the strength summits where I want to in person teach as many people as I can and, and be, make it a whole weekend. And so they're, they're two day summits. They are a Saturday and a Sunday, what started in New York city went so well i wanted to bring it to as many cities as possible so we have philly we have philadelphia is the first one which is in the last weekend in may in april and then the following week the first weekend in may we're coming up to your town we're coming up to boston and then we have north carolina in june we have chicago in july and then we have vancouver in august which i'm very excited about and toronto in september and then the last one or not the last one i have uh one of the bigger ones, one of the ones I'm, I'm still working on is Texas in October. So there's going to be a big push for that one, which I'm very excited about. There's more details to come on that one. I haven't opened the book and flat, but there is. And then I want to hit one more on the West Coast, maybe San Diego before the year is out. So I suppose what we're trying to do here with this podcast and, and highlight, you know, Irish across the across the, the the world and across America here is I'm trying to, I suppose, fly the flag for the Irish in the fitness community and highlight, you know, how good we are as, as people and our culture and our community and the way we, we, we hold ourselves and how we, we go about our daily lives. And even the stuff you're taught up with common sense and how your parents raise you like that, it is very important to me. And um, I'm trying to bring that, that mentality across to the community that we, that we have grown here now. So it's very, very exciting stuff. And I'm, Again, trying to do my best to 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 build this community and 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 highlight how amazing we are as Irish, you know. No, you brought you brought up actually a couple of really good points there. Uh, firstly, uh, Texas, Texas actually has a huge Gaelic football community now. We actually uh, we were talking with Bernie Connaughton, and he was saying like down there across Texas, they have, oof, I think they have what are they five or six teams are down in the Texas area. Uh, huge Evans, uh, which is fantastic in you know so maybe that's his a uh, couple of the texas teams down there maybe he wants a little bit of the irish yank uh, a couple of classes down there get them signed up uh, october but, you know, baby but you talked about you know where your old managers you're so right growing up some of the biggest life life lessons you learn from gaelic football and the gaelic Absolutely. football community you know and it was you know, it's nobody was ever getting paid to coach. It was, you know, 
it was your family members, it was your friends, like, you know, and yeah. they deeply cared about, you know, you and the club and, you know, the things that I have learned throughout my life that I bring to my everyday life, you know, hard work, dedication, uh, you know, being there for your teammates, being there for, you know, for the community, for the club. Those are all things we learn, you know, as a young lad joining a Gaelic football or even a soccer, whatever it was, that community aspect. And, you know, I think you make a good point there. The Irish community as a whole is a phenomenal community to be involved with. Hence why, hence why we're trying to grow Gaelic football. You know, there's a community there where if you, you know, you, you know, you're looking to join a network of people, you know, who are, you know, young professionals, but love to go out and play a bit of ball and go for a couple of drinks after, you know, Hey, Absolutely. that's who we're looking for. Those are the people yeah. that we want to bring along and build a build a culture, build a you know a successful group. Uh, and yeah, that's like, kind like, of what we've done. Most most people around the you know a lot of people around the US uh, just are really lacking that community sense, you know. So uh, to be able to provide that for them is great. Like uh, so, yeah, we we started with very little in front. Like you know, they have had uh, they had a, in Worcester, Massachusetts. They had they had a Gaelic football team back in the eighties. There, my father actually played from. They were called the Fenians back then, uh, but then they came back as a hurling club in I think it was twenty ten. Uh, so they had a hurling club for about ten eleven years, and we started up the football after COVID in twenty twenty one. Gareth had moved out this way from Boston. Uh, yeah, and there was really only three or four of us, you know, but we've. Uh, We've grown it an awful lot to the point that, you know, we, we you know, the first year we, we were touch and go whether we'd even have a team or not. But we've really grown it to the point that we have a fairly big squad of players now, never really, never really uh, looking for players on match day. You know, we always have a pretty, pretty decent squad. And uh, some, some of them have really picked it up and just absolutely love Gaelic football, you know, GA goal subscriptions, watching every single oh, league game pretty much, you know, so. It's uh, it's great to be able to give people that community aspect that that you know GAA Gaelic football brings. Yeah, That's and it's funny on a That's Tuesday awesome. night we'd be out there in training. It's like, oh, you watched the match there at the weekend. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit of it. Like we watch, we usually watch like the the Sunday game. Like we usually watch ah. like the highlights because <laughs> ah, you'd be out playing good. ball on the Sunday. Like yeah, so, you wouldn't really playing. watch the live. Like. So yeah. like that, but they're so into it. No, they'll, they'll watch like. It, it, for me, like I have to watch the game live, you know. If they'll I'm not watching you, uh, live, watch. Yeah. They'll be asking watching, you how uh, Le- Leitrim and Carlo went there in Division Four, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, they pass ever. They'd be, they'd be yeah. just. They're all in for it, like. Yeah. And some of them are brilliant. So I mean, I'd say there's a good, probably, you know, for contention of that county team that goes over and plays in Ireland. There's probably three or four lads that's on that team that will be. I'd say it would be very considered for that team. Uh, just fitness, you know, ball, like picking it up so quick. Um, so, I mean, goes back to the goes back to the whole thing. Like, you know, some of the Americans are just athletes. You know, some of them are maybe lacking that. You know, when you grow up and just that like smarts. You know, that little like game time. Like, but once they get it going, like once they, yeah. you know, once it clicks for them, some of them are brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So just about Gaelic football going forward in the US, uh, what would you say are the biggest challenges and is there anything you would do to improve it? Um, two points, I suppose. I think the one difference even now compared to 10 years ago or, or, or 15 years ago is there's not as many 
people coming out and staying. So years ago, boys would have come out in J one and stayed, and that you know they're 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 here, they're still here. Obviously, there are a few exceptions, and likes myself and that. There's a few of us who who are, have been born here and and have the American passport, so we don't have to worry about visas. But there's still a few boys I know here that you know can't go home because they came out and they overstayed, and they're still here. But I think the difference now with you know the likes of um, different jobs where you know in social media and by people working from home and and you know there's not as many construction jobs and stuff like that like boys would have come out here and and worked in construction or worked in in flooring or roofing or or or, or, or electrician or whatever it is labor and there's i don't think that's happening as much now um and that i think is what just one aspect of maybe how it might be hindering um the game or how people are coming out here and playing and staying and stuff you still get people coming out for the year on different visas and stuff, but I think the wee difference that I would say would be compared to 10, 15 years ago, there's not as many people coming out and, and staying and working in that construction jobs and starting their own companies and stuff like that. I do think that the one uh, one of the better things maybe that's helping the game is that the you know uh, the younger generation, even the, the my age group, is now um, on the boards or committees and, and in charge. So you have like a 30-year-old who is maybe a, a chairperson or a CEO or, or, or on the board making decisions. And it's not, you know, no harm, but like the older generation who've been out here for 40 or 50 years or 60, you know, they're, they're in their sixties that, that they got the, the job there, the, they were in charge and they've just haven't let anybody else been in charge and they're making decisions where that, that everything is, has been, uh, you know, updated and changing. And it's great to see the younger people that are in charge and, and kind of, you know, making these decisions that is helping the younger the younger players that are that are playing the game. So the likes of, you know, Amy Brett there and, and Sophie Colligan and and um Bino and and yeah and Johnny Glenn even there as well and, and players the people like that that are younger and they're they're in charge now and, and making maybe better decisions for, for our age group. So I think that's probably uh, a, a way in which it's helping the game. And then I suppose the last point is having these American born players uh, making up half the team, you know, and and it's 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 uh, helping the game. In fact, that there's more players now, and and you're you're not you're not looking for players, and there's more teams and that you can play against and stuff. So, I definitely think maybe you know in one way it might be hindered by not players not coming out, but you have those uh, two other points that I think might be helping the game go forward. And then the likes of what you guys are doing and highlighting it and having this podcast and and showing. The world and 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 the, through social media that the highlights of of Gaelic football and how amazing it is in the community that it is and how much it's grown all over America not just Boston Chicago New York and how it is going to to Denver and Texas and and Delaware and all these on all these cities so I think it's evolving and I think it's growing and I I I, I don't think it is you know. As, as McGregor said, I said this before, we're not here to take part, we're here to take over. So uh, <laughs> I think it's going in a, in a good direction. Taking over Mexico City as well. Oh, everywhere, man. We're everywhere. Tell Mexico you. City all, just it. started a Gaelic football team. Love it. Love it. I want to go to Mexico mm. actually this summer, so we'll see. I might stop we, We're already petitioning Cancun tournament in January. Oh, stop the light. So you see the tournaments in Dubai and Abu Dhabi and Australia. I do think that's one thing America could could pick up on is is doing a sevens tournament or doing even eleven aside tournament and making it over a weekend. I think if I was to say something, whoever's listening to this in New York and and, America and Boston and Chicago, is I think 
know we have the North, North America competition there, but I think of, of, of having a big weekend, whether it's a seven, a, like uh, the Kilmacrud sevens is, is a great example where, you know, we actually got to the final of it in 2015. Kilmacrud beat us in the final. Um, and we just went up for the crack and we end up getting the final of it. But the day's crack that you have is unbelievable. So I think, I think definitely even if we picked a good a good weekend, whether it was Memorial Weekend or Labor Weekend or some some big weekend here in the city and, and had a big tournament, I think it would be great for, for the community and for the for the building of camaraderie and teams and stuff and making a big weekend out. But I think that could be a great way of uh of of, of bringing a bit of highlights to it. I think they have some of those tournaments, but you know, I, I you know, maybe publicize a little more, you know, yeah. a lot more bigger clubs coming in there and having the different competitions. Like Connor's father uh was just out in Vegas for uh what was it called? Uh knees uh, that crack knees, tournament. Knees that crack tournament, yeah. 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 Sixty four years of age he was in Vegas. Sixty four years of age he went out for the over forties tournament in Vegas and they won the they won the B final or something. So not a bother to him. Fair play. Yeah, few few more tournaments like that for the for the younger generation, I'd say, would be welcome. Absolutely, like just yeah. the, the crack is unreal. So I think it's, it's even like Nashville, you know, like yeah. cities cities like that where you could say yeah. like, you know, that has a draw, you know, mm-hmm. but make it make it so much where it's like a weekend away, like you know how yeah. like sometimes some of the tournaments can be so serious, like where, yeah. like obviously when you go to nationals, it's serious. Right, yeah, yeah. but if you go to a tournament there in Nashville, that's like a two-day tournament. But you know what? Saturday it's during the day, and you get out at six, and you go in, and you have the crack, and go to all the country bars. Like you know, that's that's the weekends the lads are gonna remember, and the girls are gonna remember. Absolutely, for... hey, both of them. That's that's but that's what you want. You have the the women's team and the men's team going down, and and yeah, you know, what is it? You 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 lose your beer, you win your beer. It's it doesn't matter. So it's yeah. It's twenty five percent ball, seventy five percent crack. There you go. Yeah. In the in the national uh, in the national final last year, there we played uh, uh, Charlotte, uh, club in Charlotte there, and uh, they've a pretty strong women's setup too. I think they might have I think they might have men's and women's hurling and football. Uh, but yeah, Jesus, the women on the sideline were absolutely heckling the shit out of us, like it was like playing a Premier League <laughs> game or something, you know. Actually, that's the goal. That's the goal. There was a couple yeah. of gestures of the crowd, like you know, it was, it was the first like fifteen minutes was a little back and forth, and you know, like oh, with one point go over, it was the old hand of the air, uh, <laughs> but it was brilliant crowd. And we were actually all staying in the same hotel together, uh, but they had a serious support with them, like you know, and that's yeah. that that's kind of the clubs you want to emulate, right? Yeah. Those are the ones yeah. you you thrive to be, uh, and yeah. fair play to them, they were a great. Uh, was it what was the name of their club again? Was it uh I think it's the Charlotte GA, right? Uh was it James Connolly's? Uh I think I it could have been James Connolly's uh played them anyway. Yeah, but they were they were brilliant and a great great community and you know what when we you know we lost in the final, but you know what? Respect to them. You know, after the game we all went off and it's like, you know what? It was great staying with us all weekend, and even on the bus on the way back, like even the crack we were having them with them. So, and that's you know, sometimes sometimes losing shape, but when you lose to a team like that, that's doing it the right way, and you can see the progression, you can see the camaraderie. You know, once once it wears off, you kind of like you know what, fair play. You know, you's you's deserved it. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, before we wrap up, I uh, just want to say special thanks to uh, Yankee there for coming on and uh, best of luck with the game coming up Saturday, 8th of April, New York versus Leitrim. Uh, just want to say a, th- a big thanks to everyone who's listening out there. If you like this, please uh, like, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do, leave a comment. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. So thanks. And uh, we'll talk to you. Thanks next for having time. me, lads. Appreciate it. And, and best of luck with all your endeavors.